Hello, and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. And now, your host, Norbert Strapler, the CEO of Sync Spider. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ecom Ops podcast. Today I'm talking to Jan. Hello, Jan. Welcome in the podcast. Hey, Norbert. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you here. So Jan is a, an expert in WordPress and WooCommerce. He has an agency uh, focusing on WordPress and he also is organizing a lot of conferences all around WordPress and uh, he is proud to be a cloud with Maverick. <laughs> That's great. So true. So true. Tell me a bit about yourself. So what are you actually doing? Yeah, so I started using WordPress in 2013. That's when, when I started my own company. And mm -hmm. um, in 2015, I ran the first virtual summit. That's what, what I like to call a virtual conference event, whatever you want to name them. Um, it was a really fun experience to bring together all these thought leaders in the field and to get to talk to so many exciting people. And what I noticed is that it's a brilliant way to establish thought leadership. So before that, nobody knew who Jan Koch was in the WordPress space. And I'm still not quote unquote famous, if you will. But due to the conferences, I was able to establish a personal brand in this space. I was able to scale my business because I was recognized. I was getting invited to other podcasts. Um, just people started talking about what I was doing. And that is when my agency uh, grew as well. So we do uh, WordPress projects. We do WordPress maintenance. And what I'm focusing on for 2021 is going big into the virtual summits, helping other agencies uh, run their own virtual summits, helping SaaS businesses run their summits. Ecom maybe, if that's interesting for some e-commerce brands. So I'm slowly transitioning out of this maintenance business and project-based business more into, into hosting virtual events and consulting. But uh, there were some really exciting clients in the past around WooCommerce that I'm sure we get to talk about in our conversation now as well. Yeah, absolutely. So learning more about e-commerce and e-commerce operations in special um, is, is really something that we want to show here in this podcast. So if you want to go to a great summit, just check out WPHNCSummit.com um, and, and, and see what's, uh, what's next here. So um, how did you get in the e-commerce world? So why, why did you get an, 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 an WooCommerce customer um, wanting to help uh, get help from you? Yeah, um, WooCommerce is the, the one e-com platform in the WordPress space, as, as you well know. Um, and from the com com uh, connections that I've built from my summits, I am in touch with many marketing agencies and I've built these partnerships where I was referring business to them. They kept referring business to me. And one of these referrals was a e-commerce brand called decocreator.com. If you visit their site now, you'll see that they are on Shopify, but one and a half years ago, they were on WooCommerce. And I was hired kind of like the firefighter, if you will. <laughs> so my, my team and I jumped in after they fired their original agency because the WooCommerce site wasn't running as expected. 
and they were doing six figures a month. They are very established business having much more or ma many more other income streams than just their WooCommerce brand. So our task essentially was to fix what was broken <laughs> and to make sure that, that the WooCommerce runs uh, properly. So that is where most of my business actually comes from is, is these strategic partnerships that you build along the way as you're doing projects and trying just to be helpful and to connect with other businesses really. Where are the big benefits of WooCommerce? So, um, uh, you know so much about WordPress. So, um, I, I see a lot of interview partners here um, have a Shopify store. Uh, some of them uh, had uh, Magento, but WooCommerce is really uh, new. I personally yeah. like WooCommerce because um, I also built uh, some stores on WooCommerce um, and then on other systems. But um, it would be great to hear what, what are the big benefits of WooCommerce? I think the biggest one is the flexibility and the ways you can extend WooCommerce to your liking. That's also one of the biggest challenges with WooCommerce. But if you know what you're doing and if you have a good team at hand, you can build some really exciting shops with WooCommerce. And I know a few friends of mine, they run WooCommerce stores. They get an order every second or every two seconds. So... One of the uh, concerns I hear a lot when it comes to WooCommerce is that the performance isn't great and that it's hard to customize and that it's not not the best e-com system because it's not focused on, on e-commerce and more integrated into the CMS aspect of WordPress rather than having Shopify, for example, or Magento that is really just WooCommerce, uh, ju just e-commerce and no CMS, no blogging, no of all that other stuff around that. But that is, I think, where WooCommerce really shines is you can take the best out of two worlds with WooCommerce. You can have all the content marketing capabilities that come with WordPress. You can build really exciting blogs. You can build sales funnels. You can build um, literally anything you want in, in WordPress. And then you have WooCommerce that is really well documented with tons of extensions that you can then tweak as you need it. So with, with that WooCommerce client we were talking about earlier, they sold, uh, they sold a recurring uh, revenue model where they shipped out decoration boxes every quarter so that their customers would receive a new box of decoration items for each time of the year. So spring box, summer box, fall box, and winter box. And they had their previous agency customize WooCommerce to match that recurring billing scheme to have uh, orders come in and renew at certain dates and then have the content update on the website automatically at a certain date and time. And that is something that I find is quite straightforward to do with WooCommerce if you have some experience. Yeah, I need to fully agree. The thing is um, that especially in e-commerce, uh, it's not only the uh, selling aspect that you have a store um, um, or j just the shopping cart functionality. Nowadays, I think, it's important that users uh, or shop owners also take care about the content. So uh, yeah. the right product description, well-formatted product description, um, uh, landing pages with specific products, specific categories, and the content part around WordPress is really perfect. So there is, and this is why they have such a huge market uh, reach um, um, already. I think uh, over 50% already are built on WordPress of the websites um, uh, around. And, um, and WooCommerce is just the, uh, the, the e-commerce answer for that. So um, e-commerce uh, itself, so WooCommerce itself is fully focused on e-commerce, although it's just a plugin. But I will say it's um, the CMS doesn't, 
play a role in, in, in that case because if WooCommerce is really focused on e-commerce um, and it's just for that CMS WordPress, then why not using it? So it's it's uh, a great a great uh, chance uh, and an easy and 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 and, and uh, let's say cheap um, uh, uh, cheap um, possibility yeah. for for a company to start in e-commerce. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, also, what, what I find is the I think the main differentiator between Shopify and WooCommerce is not so much the platforms itself, but it's rather the companies you as an e-com brand want to work with. Because from my experience, most of the marketing agencies that help you scale the brand, run the PPC campaigns and stuff like that, they will be more familiar with Shopify because simply the learning curve is a little bit uh, narrower and it's a little bit easier to get your head around uh, Shopify rather than really understanding how WooCommerce works. Yeah. One one thing that I always hear is uh, scalability. So the 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 the, the that WooCommerce should is not scalable. So you you can't get <laughs> a lot of orders or a lot of products there. Um, is that true? Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't disagree more. It all yeah. depends on how you set it up. It, it's true that Shopify is easier to scale simply because they handle the scaling on their end. But if you if you have a good team at hand. You, you can run WooCommerce stores that get an order every second without any problem. That's cool. Wow, that's that's powerful. So yeah. we need to get there with with <laughs> with e-commerce store owners today that they get an an order every second. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. I I, I would uh, just like to plug the content that Chris Lima from Liquid Web and Nexus is putting out. He yeah. is one of the best WooCommerce experts I personally know, uh, and he knows how to get WooCommerce to that level. Perfect. Absolutely. So, um, a good learning here. Um, tell me a bit what you have, you have experience with e-com businesses. So what sets the winners apart from the rest? I think it is the way they communicate to their market. I think that to really build a successful e-commerce brand, what you need to do is you need to be excellent at storytelling these days because everybody and their dog is starting an e-commerce business in times of COVID just because now we have to shop online for most of the parts. So people are are flooding the market essentially. And I I see dropshipping businesses coming out left and right and center with nobody who's really knowing what they are doing, they they just try to take advantage of the situation here. So if you are able to have, let's take the the stable shop and the well-performing shop as a given right here. So let's assume that your shop doesn't break when when the website visitor comes to the shop and the, the checkout experience is seamless and it's easy to browse around your products as I think should be a given in, in, in any shop these days, what sets aside the better performing brands from the uh, less performing brands, I think is the storytelling and the branding and the way they engage with the audiences. So for example, with, with that uh, decocreator.com business, what they do really, really well is they showcase how their customers take advantage of their decoration boxes, how they use the decoration items. They are really good at getting customers excited for the next box that is coming out with teasing a little bit of what goes into the box and just stuff like that. I think the social proof aspect and the the, the way you can involve your customers into your branding is really a differentiating factor these days. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and and uh, what what is um, operationally uh, when we talk a bit about the operations now, and why should it be the biggest focus uh, for an e-commerce business? 
processes. Yeah. What, what you what you need to have in place is you need to have processes in place that ensure all the orders get delivered smoothly so that the experience for your customers while ordering is excellent, that there are no hiccups in there. Um, customer support, I think, is another really big topic that, that uh, operations need to be aware of. So um, I recently had a good conversation about that with Michelle Frechette from GiftWP. And she's the head of, head of customer success there. And we talked about what makes good customer, uh, customer support. Is it the fast time to the first answer? Something like, hey, we got your request and we are working on this. Or is it the time to resolution of the ticket where you have an automated answer and say something like, this is just to confirm we received your request. You'll hear from us in 24 hours without setting any real expectations that the customer support team can't meet. And then have the support team be focused on uh, solving the ticket as fast as possible rather than just trying to get a human to get in touch with your uh, support customer and try to just narrow the, this time to first response over the time to the resolution. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and um, and how is this possible? So, um, uh, what 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 do a support team need to um, to have in place that um, that they really can um, proceed perfectly? I think the first thing that needs to be in place is uh, a form where people can submit their support tickets that automatically collect all the information that you need. Yeah. So that is usually order number, address, email address used for the order, stuff like that. And then the internal structure in your support team is really important. So obviously you need some form of help desk where all these support tickets land so that they are not tied to an email inbox, for example. Yeah. And then if um, a support team member cannot resolve a ticket, encourage them to ask for help. That is something that I hear over and over again, that if somebody gets stuck, they just keep spinning their wheels on a support ticket rather than reaching out to their colleague and say, hey, can you have a look at this? Mm-hmm. I don't get any further. I don't understand the question that that the customer has. I don't really know how to proceed here. I think if you can instill this culture of asking for help, you you can really speed up the times that it needs to resolve a ticket. It's also something that I see very very often that the internal communication is really leaking, um, yeah. and 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 that the people don't try to ask the colleagues. They try to resolve everything themselves, and it's also for developers the same thing. A developer is sometimes or even not not sometimes often working on a problem a very long time, not resolving it just could ask the colleague about, could you please quickly give me your idea about how could we solve that? And the problem is done. So this is really something, um, an internal communication culture um, is very important. Tools like Slack really help you with that uh, to have a quick, if, especially if you're remote teams, um, to, to quickly have a question asked uh, in, 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 uh, in a group and, and let us help you. Yeah. I think it's an ego thing, really. Sorry yeah, yeah, it is, <laughs> and it depends from culture to culture. So it is, is really different if you if you're talking to people from uh, um, uh, the the Eastern Europe or people from India, uh, people from Germany, and so this is also a culture thing. Um, asking for help is is really different in the regions. Yeah. 
see that very often. Yeah. Um, do you do you have any quick wins for e-commerce businesses uh, to streamline their operations? Um, yeah, I would say that the focusing on the culture is, is a really good aspect to to instill a quick win. So that could be constantly reminding your teams, you know, team members, that asking for help is something you encourage, and it's something that actually should be rewarded. I think rather than um, be, being looked down at, and then you need to double check what KPIs you are looking at. So that that is going back to this conversation uh, about time to first response to time to resolution, mm -hmm. which I think the time to resolution is the more important KPI that, than what it, how long it takes for your customers to uh, receive a response. Yeah. And also uh, keep all the metrics in mind that are related to how your website is performing. So Google released the, the web vitals recently where they gave you a new set of metrics to assess how well the website is performing in terms of how long it takes for the visitors to be able to interact with your website, how long it takes for the largest piece of content to render and all that stuff. Um, get away from these page speed and Y speed scores in, in this context and focus more on the web vitals, on the actual seconds or milliseconds it takes to run the shop and just make sure that your shop runs well, no matter whether you're on 4G, whether you're on Wi-Fi, whether you're on an Android, iPhone or computer and just make sure that the, the platform uh, performs stable and also can scale as needed. Yeah, and, and one thing to add here, I um, fully agree to everything you said, uh, testing. So keep yeah. on testing your web shop um, um, every few days, try an order, see if everything is still in place, if the payment process source um, work as expected, if there are no hiccups, um, try it from your desktop, try it from your mobiles. This is something that most of the people really forget about. We are living in a mobile world, smartphones. Uh, we have over 50% far by uh, mo much more than 50% of the buyers. Uh, only if you're B2B, then it's still the desktop uh, ruling. But uh, if you're B2C, um, it's, it's the mobile phone. And uh, there, the processes sometimes really look different or do not work on specific devices. So keep on testing, uh, even if you're alive. Um, what role do you see um, in, in automation? So is automation important in the next few years? What, what yeah. role do you see there? That, that's a really good question. And I do think that automation will become more and more important, especially yeah. when you're talking about things like uh, fighting customer churn or winning back customers that left the cart without buying, something yeah. like that. Um, I recently spoke to Omnisend, they were one of the sponsors of my WP Agency Summit. And Omnisend is a multi-channel marketing software provider where you can run SMS, email, push notification campaigns and stuff like that. And they shared statistics. I, I will give you the link to the report so that you mm -hmm. can go add it to the show notes. They shared statistics that the uh, conversion rate of some of the winback campaigns for abandoned cards uh, over 30% based oh, on wow. push notification campaigns. I think 32, 33% or something. It's That's insane. insane. That's insane. It is. It is. And that, that is the reason I think uh, no e-com business, if you are serious about scaling, can avoid automation really. Yeah. And um, what do you think? Should I stick to my uh, e-commerce store or should I also go to marketplaces and pricing portals and try to get all those channels also involved in my processes? 
Oh, that, that's a tricky one because yeah. that's, um, that's highly dependent on the way you want to build the business, I think, and the way you want to build the brand. Um, you could do something. Uh, I immediately have to think of uh, the fifth watches that just open their shop every fifth of the month and then sell out in like 10 minutes oh, wow. for the entire month. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's a really exciting uh business model really but then also you have uh various other brands who excel on multi multi-channel selling and i would say it first of all depends on how you want to run your business but if you decide to go multi-channel go one channel at a time yeah and make sure that you have a tool like Sellbrite or something else in place where you can ensure that all the the stock uh, details, for example, all the SKUs, all the article images, the product description, stuff like that, that those are synced in between those channels so that you don't get any, any order issues when you are advertising a product on one channel that isn't available in, in the main stock anymore. Yeah. And it really depends also on the product. So if you um, created um, a product yourself, if you are the brand, um, it, it, it's it's not so important to be on other channels than if you have uh, products that are um, wildly common. So that, yeah. that you, if you, if you sell just, yeah, regular goods like shoes or or or, or t-shirts that have a brand, a specific brand, then you can also be on the marketplaces uh, because there they get sold. Um, and if you have your unique product, it's still something that you can decide because people come to you um, as as the store. But this is also something uh, for marketing, online marketing, to to make your brand perfect and visible to the audience. So my last question for the day, Jan. Um, <laughs> It's it's my it's the the best question ever. Who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, I would have to give it to Bob Dunn from Do the Woo. Yeah. Um, Bob WP. He is uh, one one of the thought leaders in the WooCommerce space that I personally follow, and I, I absorb everything he's publishing around WooCommerce. Okay, very interesting. Need to get a look as well there. Thank you very much. So it was really a great interview. Um, I learned a lot today um, and, and I hope uh, also our listeners learned a lot again. It was fully focused on WooCommerce today, but um, yeah, we had so many Shopify already. So why don't talk about other shops, shopping carts as well? It's really a great piece of software and um, it's scalable. So this is something that is really uh, important to know. It's not just um, so the, the theory that it WooCommerce is not scalable is wrong, definitely. I've seen a lot of other examples and read a lot about that as well. So that's true. You can scale WooCommerce. Um, you have good uh, API connections, so you can um, connect it to everything you need um, and tools if you also want to run marketplaces. And take care for support. Support is really critical in e-commerce. If people have a question, try to have a quick resolution time. It's more important than to just answer with an automated message that you got the ticket. Try to keep the resolution time very short and talk to each other. Internal teams talk to each other. Don't be uh, shy and try to get an answer if you can't have the answer in time to shorten the waiting time for the support uh, requestor. Thank you very much, Jan. Stay safe and uh, good luck with the agency and your summits.
Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Norbert. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.